We need to be bold about who Jesus is. We need to be bold about what Jesus can do. And we don't need to be one bit ashamed that when we pray, we say it's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Last Sunday, Philip kicked off a series that we're doing through the month of August that we're calling Bold. And what we're doing is we're going back to the book of Acts, back to the beginning of the church. And we're looking at some stories. We're going to be looking at a few stories in the book of Acts where we see a display of amazing boldness. Kids, as we get ready to go back to school, I'm praying God will give you amazing boldness. Teachers, as you get ready to go back to school, I'm praying that God will give you amazing boldness. When I talk about boldness, I just mean that boldness is behavior born out of belief. What we believe determines how we behave. So what we believe is so important. If you believe that people are going to criticize you for trying to do something great, then you're going to step out very timidly. If you believe that you're going to fail, then you're going to step out really cautiously. But if you know without a doubt that the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the God of gods, if you know that he has called you and anointed you and equipped you and sent you, then based on that belief, you step out boldly and with confidence because boldness is behavior born out of belief. So it's important what we believe. Now, what I was going to do is I was just going to tell you over the next few weeks what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about bold obedience. We're going to talk about some people who were so bold in their obedience that even when they were threatened with death, it didn't stop them from being bold in obeying what God had called them to do. We're going to talk about bold speech because the Bible says in Acts 4 that they spoke the word of God with boldness. Amen. And then we're going to talk about bold prayers. You know when I'm going to talk about bold prayers? I'm going to talk about bold prayers the weekend that college football kicks off. Because I know some of you pray bold prayers during college football season. Bold. That word bold just simply means to act without fear. To act with confidence. To act with courage. And when I think about somebody in Scripture... Other than Jesus, who was bold, I think about one of his disciples, a guy by the name of Peter. Now, early on in Peter's life, you got to get this, early on in Peter's life, he had bold intentions, but followed it up with timid actions. It's easy to be bold about something, isn't it? To say something, but then when it comes time to actually do what you're bold about I was watching a, a show on TV the other night it's called alone anybody ever seen that show alone where they take like several people and they put them out in the wilderness of Canada and whoever can survive the longest on the land uh, wins like a half a million dollars and I I was watching the very first show when they were getting these folks ready to, 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 to go into the place where they were going to be located and there was this one I mean he was huge he was a former ex-Marine and, and uh, 
they started talking to him about how bad the bears were in that area. He said, well, all I got to say is if I encounter a bear, y'all better feel sorry for that bear because that bear's going down. Listen, he didn't even make it through the first night. <laughs> Bold intentions followed by timid actions. That was Peter early on as he was a follower of Jesus. But something happens in Peter's life because after the resurrection of Jesus, and you remember what Peter did, he said, Lord, all these other losers over here, they, they may deny you, they may quit on you when they're threatened with death, but not me, Jesus. I, I'll always be right by your side. And we know what happened. He ended up denying the Lord three times before the rooster crowed. And one of those denials was when he was confronted by a little teenage girl. Now, I'm not saying teenage girls can't be intimidating because they can. I think we all know that. And some of you who have some, you know they can. But he had bold intentions followed by timid actions. But after the resurrection of Jesus, Peter's gone back to fishing and Jesus shows up. And Jesus, Jesus reassures Peter, Peter, I forgive you. And Peter, I still have a plan and I still have a purpose for your life. And so two things happen in that moment that increases the boldness and the courage of Peter. Number one, he is an eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now that right there is enough to make anybody bold. My Savior lives. He was dead, but now he is alive and I've seen him for myself, Peter would say. But then the second thing is, he has assured me I'm forgiven. And he still has a plan and a purpose for my life. And then several days later, Peter would be in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit would be poured out without measure. And Peter, as a result of all those things, he becomes a completely different person. He gets up on the day of Pentecost and he gets up in front of all of these people that once intimidated him, once he feared them. And he looks at them and he says to them, you are a corrupt generation. You crucified the Lord Jesus whom God raised from the dead. What you need to do today is you need to repent of your sins and you need to be baptized and then you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that day, 3,000 people were saved and brought into the church, brought into the kingdom of God. You go on over to chapter 3, Acts chapter 3. Peter and John is going to the temple and there's a, a lame man. Now, I know lame has a different meaning today, especially for young people. When you think lame, you think dull, you think dumb, you think boring. No, lame in the Bible means crippled. And he had been crippled from the time that he was born. And he's sitting at the temple gate begging for alms and Peter and John walk by him. And they look at him and they said, silver and gold have I none but such as I have. Give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Boldness. And it so amazed the people, knowing that that guy had been crippled all of his life, that they began to surround Peter and John. How did this happen? What's going on? And Peter and John look at him and say, why do you come looking at us like we're the ones that did this? I'll tell you who did it. And then he gets bold again. He said, it's the Jesus you crucified, but God raised from the dead. They went and told the members of the Sanhedrin, the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law, the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin called Peter and John in and began to question them about this miracle. And they said, by what authority and what name was this man healed? 
And I want you to listen to the response of Peter. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Check this out. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. And then notice what he said, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now let me tell you what Peter does. He sticks the knife in and twists it. Because first of all, they hated Jesus. They thought they had done away with him. They didn't think they were gonna hear from him anymore. But now, here Peter and John is talking, preaching about Jesus again. But not only that, not only did they talk about the name of Jesus, but they said, the man you crucified, but God raised from the dead. You see, that was their biggest issue with Jesus. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. But Peter looks at him and said, oh, by the way, that thing you don't believe, it happened. God raised him from the dead. And isn't it amazing, church? that the name that caused controversy 2,000 years ago is the name that still causes controversy in our culture today. You know, you can go on Oprah if she still had a show. You, you can go on some talk shows. You can talk about God. You can talk about being spiritual. You can talk about a higher power. But the moment you mention the name of Jesus, Everything changes. Why? Because there is something about that name. Oh, and here's what I'm praying this morning. I'm praying that Summerton Church of God will be a church of believers who are bold, who are confident, who are not afraid to speak what God's word says and what, God's, what God has put in their heart. I, I, I pray that we're a church like Paul that said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God and of salvation to them who believe. You say, but pastor, it's not politically correct to go around talking about Jesus. We're not trying to be politically correct. Come on. I'm telling you, we've even got a president right now that's not trying to be politically correct. So why are we trying to be politically correct? No, we need to be bold about who Jesus is. We need to be bold about what Jesus can do. And we don't need to be one bit ashamed that when we pray, we say it's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody shout the name of Jesus. Come on, shout the name of Jesus. Shout the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it said the stone you builders rejected. Notice, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call you out. The stone you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. You may have rejected him, but God has made him the most important piece of this thing. The most important piece of this building. And then he goes on and says, for there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. In other words, they're just confirming and affirming that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. One way to God. And his name is Jesus. 
And then notice what he said in verse 13. The members of the council were amazed. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Three quick things, I promise you it'll be quick. It'll be just a couple of minutes. Number one, that scripture teaches us, verse 13, that God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Because listen to what it says. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men. Do you know what the word ordinary is in the Greek? It's the Greek word idiotas. Let me say that again. Idiotas. Guess where we get, or what word we get from that Greek word? Idiot. That's right. It means unlearned. It means unschooled. And they were amazed at the boldness of these idiots. They were amazed at the boldness of these unlearned, unschooled men. Why were they so amazed at their boldness? Because these members of the Sanhedrin knew we have the power to kill these guys. But that's not stopping them from being bold. You say, but pastor, I'm not a naturally bold person. I understand that. Maybe you're not. But God can make ordinary people extraordinarily bold. And he wants to do that in each and every one of us. Now, I know when we think about bold, we almost think rude. I'm not talking about rude. I'm not talking about being disrespectful and being dishonoring. I'm just talking about being confident. Being confident. So young men, when your buddies are just trying to score, disrespecting, dishonoring young women, you speak up and you say, you know what? I'm not gonna treat young ladies like that. I'm gonna treat them with honor. I'm gonna treat them with respect. That's bold. Young ladies, when your best friends or your friends are dressing like hookers, come on, let's just be bold this morning. Let's just be bold. Not accusing anybody. And you look at them and you say, you know what, I'm better than that. Ain't gonna dress like that. That's bold. Gentlemen, ladies, when you're in the middle of a business deal and this business deal can make you a lot of money and you all of a sudden realize it's unethical. You say, you know what, I'd like to have that money, but it's unethical, so no, not gonna do it. That's bold. God can take ordinary people and give them extraordinary boldness. And the second thing that this passage teaches us is that the boldness, your boldness, will amaze the world. So my question here, just one little question under this point. When is the last time your spiritual boldness amazed somebody? When is the last time your spiritual boldness amazed somebody? Don't you know you could be killed for that? Don't you know you could be incarcerated for that? Don't you know you could be fined for that? Yep. But I'm still going to be bold. I'm still going to be confident in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You say, well, pastor, it's been a while since I've been that kind of bold. What do I need to do? Last thing this scripture teaches us is this. Spiritual boldness comes 
from knowing Christ. Because notice what that passage said. They recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. You hear me, if you spend time with Jesus, your faith is going to increase. And as your faith increases, so will your level of confidence. And with that level of confidence will come results. But it all starts by spending time with Jesus. And the opposite of that is true. If you stop spending time with Jesus, then you lose that boldness. You lose that courage. You lose that confidence. So we need to spend time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords so that we too can have amazing boldness. Don't you want this world to see your spiritual boldness and go like these guys? Wow. Did you just hear what they said? Did you just see what they just did? Wow. Now that's bold. I'm going to ask all of our teachers this morning, regardless, elementary school, kindergarten, middle school, high school, college, ask all of our teachers and instructions, would you please, instructors, would you please come forward at this time? And then I've got prayer partners that are coming as well to help me anoint and to pray over you today. Just stay with me a couple of more minutes. This is so important that we let our teachers know how much we love them how much we appreciate them. I tell you, they're on the front lines. They're in the combat zone. Most of them are trying to teach and to invest into a generation that the enemy is trying to take away from us. So we need to lift them up. We need to pray for them on a regular basis, not just on the Sunday as we're getting ready to start back school. But we need to lift our teachers up every single day, every opportunity that we get to pray. Now I want you to stand with me again all over the sanctuary. I want you to stretch your hand in this direction. First of all, I want every one of you teachers to know, you guys, you're my heroes. I mean that with all of my heart. I worked in children's ministry and I've worked in youth ministry. I know how challenging it can be. I know how challenging it can be to have students in your classroom that really don't want to be there or really think they don't need what you're trying to invest and what you're trying to pour into them. I had the opportunity, Barry invited me up to Curry last week to speak to the faculty and then I got to speak at the faculty here at Summerton Christian. I've been able to speak at the faculty at Summerton Elementary School and to just encourage our teachers to have vision. Let me tell you, vision has gotten me through some really difficult times in my life. Because there are some times, like they said this morning, even when I don't see it and even when I don't feel it. And when I'm going through a difficult time or I'm having to deal with a difficult individual, you know what gets me through those moments? The vision that God has put in my heart. And if you have a vision for those kids, just like Peter, when he first come to Jesus, he says, your name's Peter, but, or your name is Simon, but when I'm done with you, you're going to be called Peter. He had a vision for who Peter could become. And if you can just have a vision for what these kids can become, and I know you do, or you wouldn't even be in this profession, but if you got that vision, that vision can get you through some really tough times with those kids. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your anointing, Lord, a bold, confident, 
anointing would rest upon every one of these teachers and administrators and faculty members of our schools here in our community and in our county. I thank you, Lord, that you have placed godly men and women in places of leadership as principals and assistant principals, that you've placed godly, Christian, bold Christian believers in the classroom with our children who are investing and imparting life to them. And so, Father God, we want the best for our teachers today. Lord, may you bless them without measure. Give them vision, Lord. Help them to see beyond the obvious. Help them to see what those children's potential are. Help them to see what these young men and women can become with some love and some encouragement and some teaching and other things, Lord, that are mixed in with that. God, I pray today for that vision to be clear. I pray today, God, for perseverance. The ability, God, that when they're exhausted that they continue in pursuit of the call that you've placed upon their life. And God, I, I believe that just like you've called me, you've called them. They didn't necessarily choose this profession. God, you called them and you have anointed them and you have equipped them. Lord, I pray that you would give them insight into every kid that is in their room. If there's a kid being hurt, if there's a kid being abused, Lord, and they're trying to hide that, give these teachers insight and discernment to see that so that they will know how to pray for those children. Whatever their challenges, whatever their struggles, God, give them insight. I pray for wisdom, Lord. More than just knowledge, but I pray for wisdom, God, to know how to deal with each and every kid, the different personalities, Lord the different temperaments, Lord, the different ways that they learn. I pray that you would give them the wisdom, God, to know how to effectively teach that child so that that child can grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. God, thank you so much for this anointed army of teachers and administrators standing before me today. We are blessed we commit to hold their arms up in prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, everybody said amen. Come on, let's thank God for these great teachers. We want you to come and join us here at Summerton Church of God. God is doing some amazing and miraculous things, and we want you and your family to be a part of that. We are eliminating the darkness in this community by being light.